Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. We are not playing strip bean boozled, Hal Anderson. <laughs> it was just an idea. I think it's a great idea. I just want to see Tristan with his shirt off. That's Fair really enough. weird. Of all the people in this room who pick me, really. <laughs> Happy Friday afternoon. Greg Mackling, Tristan Field Jones, Hal Anderson, Taylor Jones, and Savannah Piers in studio. We're going to have a little bit of fun this first half hour. This all started with an innocent conversation with our colleague Jeff Braun, who's driving to the, through the United States uh, tomorrow and Sunday, and I wanted to know which chocolate bar he was going to get when he crossed into the border, and I asked him about Wigwag, and he didn't mm-hmm. remember Wigwag, so of course I had to show him Wigwag on the computer. That took me down a rabbit hole to all <laughs> sorts of chocolate bars that I remember as a kid, some that I don't remember, and eventually onto this game that my kids play, and I actually got my hands caught in the cookie jar, literally, (laughs) with this game. When I grabbed a handful of these beans, and the first one I tasted, I believe, was the one that imitates the taste of canned dog food. So I got exactly what I deserved for having candy at 2.30 in the morning. (laughs) Crime never pays, Greg. Crime doesn't pay. No. So, of course, there's all sorts of videos on the Internet, people playing this game, on camera, and I thought, you know what? We don't need Khloe Kardashian or Ice Cube <laughs> playing a game that we can play ourselves. So we're live on Facebook right now, and of course, live right here on 680 CGOB. And in the meantime, we want you to send us your favorite candy bars of all time. Already, people are texting in, and the first one was from uh, Mick. He said, Bar Six, and he loved Bar Six so much, yep. he mentioned it twice. Bar Six, Bar Six, <laughs> all caps, exclamation mark. So right. thanks for that. Send us your favorite candy bars to 204-780-6868. Now, if you've never heard of Being Boozled, we have a tutorial in audio form. Jelly Belly has become world famous by perfectly recreating real-world flavors in their jelly beans. Bean Boozled is a fun spin on Jelly Belly's uncanny talent for mimicking flavors. It's a Jelly Belly assortment with favorites like peach, chocolate pudding, and buttered popcorn. But each of the 10 tasty flavors has a wild doppelganger flavor like rotten egg, dog food, and barf. The lookalikes appear identical to the good flavors, but taste like something you probably don't want in your mouth. This 50-50 gamble between delicious and disgusting is a game friends and family are sure to enjoy. Made in the USA, Bean Boozled includes about 90 jelly bellies and a spinner to help you decide which flavor to sample. Savannah, you're so happy you agreed to do this, aren't you? I don't know how this is going to go. Have you got a weak stomach, Savannah? I wouldn't say I have a strong stomach, Ah, so we'll see. You and I are going to the X. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor, what's your favorite candy bar? Like normal flavored candy bar before we get into this potentially (laughs) disgusting experiment. I'd have to say a coffee crisp. Good old coffee crisp. Hal Anderson, what's your go-to, man? You know, I'm going to sound like I'm 90 again. I always get coconut (laughs) on my donuts and... um, uh, Can I have a Danish, please? Um, Danishes are delicious. I will say... Uh, a Big Turk. Big Turk? I think I've never had a Big Are Turk. Are those the ones with the jelly yeah. stuff in mm-hmm. them? Okay. Yum. Big Turk. Mm. I'd have to say Coffee Crisp as well. I think uh, Jeff Courier mentioned that too. Taylor just mentioned it. I love the Coffee Crisp. Wonder Bar's, Wonder Bar's good. Alex <laughs> just texted in Wonder Bar. Yeah. Wayne just texted in Wonder Bar. Wayne just said Wonder Bar. <laughs> 
And we had Julie Buckingham in here a couple of weeks telling us about this chocolate bar called the Cuban Lunch. Yeah, that's old school too. And they're it's trying big. to bring it back. Oh, are they? It's just a, a square chunk of chocolate with like a bunch of nuts uh, mixed in. Yeah, I remember my dad eating those when I was a kid. Uh, Julie made it sound really delicious. Now, this is potentially delicious or potentially disgusting. So if you're on Facebook and you can tune in right now, uh, Tristan, you get to go first. But does this stuff, let me ask you a question. We're going to find out in real time here, but does oh, yes. this stuff actually taste like really terrible? Yes. Oh, yeah, and I can tell you firsthand. It wow. tastes disgusting. Well, and kind of a bit of a background to these. I believe these jelly beans, because I remember when I was a kid, they started off as like the Harry Potter flavored jelly beans. They were kind of based off of that universe. Yeah. And slowly it evolved into this game, because I know I've played this game with friends before. And it doesn't matter how many times you play it, it is disgusting every single time. And you wonder, how in the heck do they get those flavors in there? Huh. You really do. Right, Did you want me to read real quick some of the rules in here, Greg? Yeah, please do. So the, the box comes with a couple of instructions, and real quick it says, uh, a few tips to get you started. Do have a trash can handy at all times. <laughs> Trust us, you'll need it. All right. Aww. Got that. Do not let wimps or crybabies play this game. Okay, maybe let them play after all. It can be fun to watch. Check. Uh, do fake out your friends while playing if you can. Got spoiled milk? Try oh. to keep a good poker face and swear it's coconut. And uh, finally, do make up your own rules. I don't think we have too many rules here. Just spin the Eat them and try not to and, puke. And, and just some of the... You can go ahead and spin here, Tristan. But while oh we do that, uh, the white one, you mentioned the spoiled milk. Spoiled milk looks exactly like coconut. Okay, Which so... Which one did you get? I got... And let me just move this over here. Strawberry banana smoothie... Or dead fish. Oh, oh no. <laughs> uh, uh, what do you, why are you why you delaying? Why are you delaying? Hang on a second. Yeah, they, they, they look exactly okay, the think, same. Yeah, yeah. To me they do, Greg, okay? All right. Here we go. I think Tristan is right going through there. Well, it's a fifty fifty proposition. Fifty fifty. <laughs> and the winner is nobody. I think you got a strawberry banana oh, smoothie. Oh, you lucked out. delicious. You lucky, lucky Al Anderson, man. my friend. Give me the wheel. Here we go. <coughs> More is coming in. Wigwag, uh, burnt almond. And what is a wigwag? Wigwag That's was... That's what he was talking about. <laughs> I haven't heard of any of these. No. <laughs> oh, geez. I can't even read that right now. <laughs> uh, wigwag was caramel that they drizzled in kind of a crisscross pattern, oh. and then they drizzled chocolate on top of that, so it was as much air as it was anything else oh. uh, really good and they were about a foot long they were fantastic mm-hmm. oh yeah now I kind of remember yeah okay uh, okay uh, Anderson. Uh, here we go no whammies big bucks no whammies big bucks <laughs> ready dun, 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 dun. what is that that looks like chocolate pudding oh no or canned it is, dog uh, food it is that was uh, the one you had canned it. dog food or chocolate pudding <sighs> yep so it's the it's the brown one there yeah. Is that it right there? I think so. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. 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 yeah it's the brown All right. One. Here we go. Hal Anderson. I, hope, I hope my dog at home, Hershey's listening. <laughs> Hershey's drooling either way, Hal. If you don't know, that's usually a good sign. I am uh, I am enjoying uh, uh, Dr. Ballard's, I believe. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, boy. Hal put on a brave face for the first did, nine seconds. Because for the first little bit, everything's going. I'm in my 50s. Everything's going. Right? My, my hearing, well, I won't go through the whole list, but in uh, taste apparently is one of them. Because I chewed into it and I thought, well, that's not bad. What is that? 
That's dog food. <laughs> uh, wow. All okay. Right now, right. I, now, I wouldn't say that's throw up, you know, kind of stuff. But, but it's pretty, like, you're, you don't want another no. one. You're and not, I've got a big chunk stuck in a tooth, and I'm enjoying that. I'll be enjoying that for the next half hour. Oh. Apparently, a wig oh. mag is also called a curly whirly. And there were two chocolate bars back in the 60s, Pie Face and Fat Emma. Isn't Pie Face a game, too? It is. The, it hits game. you in the face with a little whipped cream. Whipped cream, a pie. And actually, if we had been unable to find this game, that was that my was backup secondary. plan. Yes, it was. Okay, I'm spinning. Right. Um, oh, caramel corn or moldy cheese. Oh, oh you got a I just there, have this Savannah. feeling I'm going to be it. Um, okay, I think it's this one. Remember, we are live on air, so, so <laughs> the swear words to minimum. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, no no okay. Are we okay. in delay, Jeff Fortune? Oh. <laughs> I made are? sure Jeff Fortune was being delayed because I was worried about my own mouth. Oh, so oh no, it's all the cheese happening. It really don't. And what, like it, and what is it? What did you nose. What did you pick again? More, oh, more Pass the garbage can. Okay, oh. here we go. Pass the garbage can. Oh, no, you can't take it out of your mouth, Savannah. No way. <laughs> Why they gave us paper towels. Oh, that's not okay. fair. Oh, there's like a smell with I it. I ate my dog food like a trooper. <laughs> that is fantastic, oh, Savannah. So sick. describe. Describe oh. that flavor. You, you did a really good job because oh, so much... Old, I don't know. So they, they replicate it pretty well. It just, if it wasn't, it's like you can smell it through your nostrils. Well, oh, yeah. The oh. good thing is, uh, you know, it's penicillin. It's actually good for you. So. <laughs> and it I is know. the weekend, so oh. <laughs> not a bad idea. <laughs> not a, not a good way to start the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we All like right. to be proactive. Oh, here, here we go. All right, I'm All scared. right, our receptionist, Taylor Jones, she is on deck. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Give that. Give, I'm not ready, but I think I'm ready. Give it a spin, <laughs> Taylor. Give it a spin. See if you can do that. What okay. have you got? Oh, I got the same one. Caramel okay, corn or moldy again. cheese? Spin again. Spin again. Spin again. Because God. the odds are, are lower that you'll get the crappy one. Um, lime or lawn clippings? Oh, lawn oh, clippings. Oh, that's not mm. bad at all. You mentioned Hershey. My dog, Abby's going lawn clippings. Give me <laughs> you know a what? full buffet of lawn clippings. After a night of drinking, I've been known to consume an entire garbage bag full of lawn clippings. <laughs> So it's not a big deal. I think that was lime, so I think I'm good. No, that okay. was lime. That so, was so, good. Savannah and myself were the... Oh, you haven't gone oh, yet, we, Greg Macklin, you're not getting out of we're this one. We're suddenly out of time. No, we're not. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Taylor, please pass it along. Oh, Greg Mackling. Man, we I... have our host for today, Greg Mackling. He's going to try it out. He's looking at this... I don't remember really? Alex Trebek ever having to answer any of the questions. <laughs> I'll take stinky socks for a thousand. Yeah. Well, you're hardly Alex Trebek, so just eat the uh, damn jelly bean. Fine. Hell, fine. What did I get here? Oh, no. That's the same one somebody else had. So let's get... Let's try and... The spinner seems to go to only one of two places. Okay, here we go. I got... Oh, great. Peach or... Barf. Oh, oh, there we go. I think that one could actually be the worst one. <laughs> yeah. My kids are cla- Catholic. I hope this counts for May me. May you rest in peace, Greg. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where's your paper towel? Your paper towel's under a bunch of papers. That's is, not is, is it this one, Tristan, or is it this uh, one? You notice the old guys need help seeing, right? <laughs> <laughs> which one, which one, which one is it? I can't tell. Hey, Tristan. I, I, I think. This one? No, I think it's this one, right? Oh, don't put your fingers on it. Well, you know, that's not going to, that's not, I don't think that's going to affect the taste. It's right. not going to matter. All right, here we go. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the last words of Greg Mackling. 
got the barf. Good. There's a cringe. Good. Uh, I think we need to go to break before we lose Greg Mackling. He is not saying anything. His reaction. Whose idea was this? Your idea, sir. It was your idea to go to Toys R Us, where our combined ages are probably more than most of the people in that store. Yeah, you know what? That must have been kind of creepy, you two in Toys R Us. Oh, it was. It was uncomfortable. I don't know how I would If I was a parent, I'd be going, isn't that uh, Greg Mackling and Tristan Field Jones? It's a bit unusual. And you know what? And you want to... And you know, I don't know what's oh. the great part is that when I was in Toys R Us, I hadn't been there for years. I was so excited. Yeah, I really was. I hadn't been there for a while. Meantime, Greg is dying over here. Okay, is, I think is it really that bad, it's Greg? It's the smell. We, we, it's in your nose, isn't it? See, exactly. Okay, while Greg recovers, oh. maybe we should take a quick break yes. here. This is MacLean and McGarry. I'm in Tristan Field Jones here in for Brett McGarry. I'm sweating. Greg MacLean <laughs> is... Greg MacLean will be back with us in about three hours after he's had his stomach pumped. Oh, my God. You're listening to 680 CJOB. This is really dumb. I really thought this was going to make for great radio. I it, apologize. It, it did make for great it, it's radio. It's fantastic radio. We should be in ratings. Oh, we, we didn't gosh. plan this out. Oh, it's crazy. You can join us on uh, Facebook Live as well. Greg Mackling, Tristan Field-Jones, number 34, greatest Canadian of all time, Hal Anderson, Taylor Jones from the front desk at 680 CJOB in Savannah Piers, who you hear on weekends with Hal Anderson. She delivers the weather. She does all sorts of things here at 680 CJOB. You've met her out in the community as well. It's 121, and we have just a couple minutes left, and and our video producer for this segment, Christian O'Mell, co-host on uh, Sports Sunday and reporter extraordinaire, made a great suggestion. So Hal and Tristan each have one of the white jelly bellies there, and there's a chance that it's one of two things. Coconut or spoiled milk, and we don't know which one is which. So you could both get spoiled milk, you could both get coconut, of course, or one of each. And ladies, what did you come up with? We'll do um, stinky socks or tutti frutti. Stinky socks or tutti frutti. So who should go first here? I'll flip the imaginary. Ladies first. Ladies first. first. We insist. Classy. Such a great sense of manners. Cheers, our jelly Cheers. beans. Okay, what have you got? Well, I'm watching their so face. So far, so good. Oh, did you both yeah. luck out? Oh, we're good. Come on. Oh, oh, no. you so we both another, get the spoiled milk. It's really flushing the uh, moldy cheese smell. <laughs> All right, you nose. got lucky, so we'll we'll we'll, so we'll let color, that go. So what color was yours, ladies? What, pink. What, oh, pink so, and so we're doing a, a white one, and what is it, uh, Tristan? It's, it's coconut or spoiled milk. Coconut or spoiled milk. Cheers, cheers. Yeah. Over the teeth, over the gums, look out guts, here it comes, and oh, Tristan, Tristan has oh, no. spoiled milk. <laughs> oh, it's just like your child I'm not spo- oh. all over oh. again, Tristan. <laughs> yeah, I think I got the spoiled milk too, actually. The garbage can's getting really good yeast. <laughs> you know what's really sad is you guys are spitting it out and trying to, I'm going, well, I do my mouth now. <laughs> Might as well eat it. What the heck, you know? That's yours an experience, Al. I felt like a snack or something. I can't. Yeah. No, I have standards. I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah. Are you I, sure it's the spoiled milk? I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, oh. I think it I is the spoiled milk. Sure. It's not coconut for sure. You need to go and see. Because I get, I get coconut on my on my donuts, so you, I don't. <laughs> you need to because go I'm 94. Your taste bud doctor. I don't know. Oh, it's still in my system. Tom, this is, try I didn't even this. swallow it. This would is, be. Oh. Uh, 
See, I can you see. You thought I was I being see. overly. Dramatic. No, I don't. No, no, not at all. Because I told you the barf one was the worst one. Ugh. But it, like, what makes these things so horrific is that they stick, they linger. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's in your whole system. Exactly. <laughs> I can see why the kids are into this game. Oh, this is yeah. a this is a fun game. Absolutely, it yeah. is. It's uh, it's disgusting. Didn't we used to do something like this at birthday parties? How when we were younger, you'd get the blindfold, and the mum would get like different things from around the house, like a lime or well, a hot I, sauce. Do yeah. you remember playing? I don't remember. Like that? Playing that game, but I remember going to a haunted house when I was a kid, and they blindfold you, and then they make you put your hand in this bowl, and they say, "Oh, it's brains, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. all yeah. that crazy stupid kind oh, of stuff." Yeah, yeah it's like spaghetti all bunched yeah, up. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Very yeah. good. Ladies, gentlemen, you've been outstanding sports. Thank you for yeah, doing thanks. this. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. Thank you. Somebody wanted to know uh, at seven eight zero sixty eight six eight where can I buy the stuff? We got it at Toys R Us, just over by Polo Park. <laughs> Two grown men walking into Toys R Us <laughs> earlier today. Just picture that for a second. Wait, and... wait, this just in. I am a Winnipeg distributor now for... <laughs> <laughs> Would anyone have been surprised a, a if small, that was a small tag? profit for the distributor. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for uh, your text messages on your favorite chocolate bars. We'll talk about those throughout the afternoon. And thanks for the text message uh, accusing me of... Delivering anti-Trump rhetoric. Greg, what's with your constant anti-Trump rhetoric? He has made many accomplishments as president. Stop your propaganda rants. Yeah, okay. Have you noticed this? And listen, and I truly, uh, you know, I respect everybody's opinion about Trump or anything else. But have you noticed that all we have to do is just say anything about Trump? Oh, yeah. And his supporter, and there are people out there that are real die, even here in Canada, are real dire supporters, and they are just so defending him, right? It's, it, it's strange. We're as divided as we've ever been politically, and maybe that's an apropos way to end the segment. We're yeah. as divided as the flavor of these <laughs> yeah. jelly exactly. bellies. They should, having... they should have a, a, a Trump and an Obama jelly bean. Oh, oh, yeah. That's an idea. <laughs> I won't say what they taste. <laughs> just gonna say, you're I'm thinking. not going to get in trouble. One would be Kentucky Fried Chicken. That would be for Donald Trump. <laughs> yes. oh, and oh, I careful. Know, careful. Trump would be pumpkin. Trump loves the KFC, right? Yeah, I so want to try I don't it. Know what I, I want to try Obama's KFC. Obama's would taste like cigarettes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like veggies. He's in his wife's garden. <laughs> we'll take a break. Uh, Tristan Field Jones, if he can get uh, that milk taste out of his mouth. Global news and weather at the bottom of the hour. And then we are going to talk about how do we build better relationships with our neighbors. That's apropos as well. Hope you're having a fine afternoon. Thanks for tuning in. It's Mackling and McGarry. Tristan Field Jones in for a vacation. Brett McGarry. Uh, uh, last day today. Sorry to send you off with a the taste of sour milk in your mouth. I hope that's not your you know what, feeling Greg? on the overall four days with me. <laughs> the show has been like spoiled milk. No. And you know what? It's, it, to be fair, you're the one who had the barf flavored jelly beans. Oh, so. dude. It's been a fun week, Greg. I've had a lot of fun. and uh, I think for, we're, we're going to do this later on in the summer. So... Yeah, yeah I, I'll be filling in for uh, whoever's on vacation. I know you and Brett have some vacation coming up, so. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> I need to get uh, a break. Uh, you know, I, I'm not one that complains about uh, working hard or working long hours, but there comes a tipping point, right, where it's just, it's time to get yeah. some time off. Oh, Jeff yeah. Courier, by the way, it's his turn next week, so. Hal Anderson, you heard him this morning in for Shadow Davis. Hal is here tomorrow. He's here Sunday. And then he's in for Jeff for two straight weeks. Wow. So Hal is on a real stretch here. He's doing uh, what I did for so many summers, and that is to fill in for everybody else. He's our community ambassador, all-around great guy, and uh, uh, our friend as well. So thanks to Hal for coming in to 
play the game with us along with Savannah Pierce. And uh, first time on the radio, I think, for yeah. Taylor Jones. Uh, yeah. So if you come to 680 CGOB, you may uh, pick up a prize from Taylor. You may get to meet her that way. So appreciate all your feedback on it as well. Got the game at Toys R Us. We bought the $13 version. You can get like a $40 version, yeah. which we almost bought. <laughs> with a massive spinner. <laughs> yeah, you can see it from the moon almost. <laughs> and, all, and, and way more uh, beans. It's bean boozled. And maybe playing this game with your neighbors is a way to break down some barriers. Pay Chen joins us now. And <laughs> Pei was on TV in Winnipeg for a, for quite a long time. How long were you here, Pei? It feels like you were a big part of our community for, for quite a while. I don't know if it's a compliment, but it felt like a long time. It, it I was is. There. I, I lived there for two years. Well, so it's my home. Winnipeg is my home away from home. Not nearly long enough, but great to have you back on the airwaves here in our city. And uh, I've been keeping track of you. Of course, we're, we're friends on Facebook, Pay, yeah. And uh, you've been very busy, including associating yourself with the survey. Uh, Whirlpool has done this survey. And here's the headline. And then, Tristan, I'll get you to read it in your best newsman voice. Oh. <laughs> While three in five Canadians agree, a great neighbor is one where everyone knows each other, and I think I said neighbor, I meant to say neighborhood, is one where everyone knows each other. Only 34% feel connected to their neighbors. And I guess if we look at the first thing uh, the first thing here, it's no surprise a recent study commissioned by Whirlpool Canada suggests Canadians feel the most connected to their immediate family, 82%. What's unexpected is who respondents feel the least connected to, their neighbours. In fact, more Canadians feel connected with the people they interact with on social media, 40% than they do with their own neighbors. Okay, so wow. that, that, that's troubling, Pay. Why have you associated yourself with this survey, and what insight can you give us this afternoon? Well, you know, it's interesting, because, Greg, you said we're friends on Facebook, right? That's how we keep track of each other, and almost half of the people that responded said that they felt more connected to people online. And, look, that's great, but when you look around you, wherever you're living, like, I live in a, in a condo building, and when I lived in Winnipeg, I actually lived in the Evergreen Towers, so I had a lot of neighbors because it was like this, you know, giant high rise surrounded by two other high rise buildings. And I, what we're really trying to do is to get people to realize that there are certain um, there's certain things that you do every day, like chores or tasks. It could be, you know, laundry. It could be, you know, in the winter, it's shoveling. In the summer, it might be mowing the lawn, um, preparing a meal. And those are little acts of care that if you do something, um, perhaps think about doing it and sharing with your neighbor to get a little bit more connected. So as you mentioned, that was sort of the reason why Whirlpool Canada did this survey. And it's a little alarming. Like, do the two of you know your neighbors very well? I do. I know my v- neighbors okay. very well on either side and a couple of down. And, and yeah, I would say I know all, you know, the, the 10 closest houses to me. I know them very well, although I admit the people that live behind me, I barely know at all. You know, I, and I have to say, Penn, uh, I mean, I've been living or pay. I've been living in a, uh, a condo. I've been living in condos or apartments for the last oof, almost seven years now. Uh, and uh, I know one of my neighbors in my current mm-hmm. building. In the last building, I knew the people across the hall, but that's about it. And you know, it's, yeah. it's funny to me that uh, when you live in a smaller space like a condo or an apartment building, you're living like you know you've got neighbor usually on either side, upstairs mm-hmm. and below. And that tends to be the situation where you don't know people as well. So um, something like meal prep, like I, you know, and, and Greg, because you, know, you know me a little bit, which you know that I love food mm-hmm. and how much I love cooking and love preparing food, but I'm one person. So I think it's always nice to do something like 
a little bit extra. So think about reaching out um, to your neighbors. And I think for some people, we're, we keep to ourselves a little bit. So uh, one of my uh, tips is to share something you enjoy making. So for me, uh, I love baking. And I have actually just within recent months come to know the neighbors in the condo next to me very well. So we're always leaving treats at each other's door. We have different strengths. Her strength is that she has a car to buy groceries. My strength is that I bake. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like an equitable situation. Yeah, sounds 50-50 roughly, right? Well, you know, like she'll send me text messages and she's like, I'm going to the grocery store. Do you need anything heavy? Like, do you need laundry detergent? I'm like, this is such a nice thing to do. Wow. And I love baking. So I leave, I leave little baked goods at their door. And honestly, it is such a great relationship that we have. And we've only become friendly in recent months. And one of the big things um, about this survey, what they found was that even though people said that they didn't feel like they knew their neighbors that, that well or felt that connected, most of the people agree that there are huge benefits to living in a connected neighborhood, one where you did know the people around you. Um, things like feeling safe. You know, 78% said that knowing your neighbors and being connected in your neighborhood came with a sense of safety. And I would agree with that. Like, I grew up in Halifax in an area that was very, very dense. And, you know, knowing the, knowing the other kids on the street, you know, that sort of thing, knowing the other parents, um, asking for help. You know, now I can ask my neighbor, hey, I need to buy a 20-pound bag of potatoes. Maybe you could pick those up for me. Um, And also a good environment for raising children. So if you have kids, it makes sense to get to know your neighbors and the people around you. So the tips that I had in terms of sharing something that you make, I love the idea of make, you know, if you're, if you are a baker like myself, um, things like granola I make, I do banana bread, I do muffins. And that's a nice little thing. It's a nice treat to come home to. Um, one of my tips though would be to increase is to include um, like a list of ingredients because people have there's maybe allergies or things that they're avoiding and it that mm. way they don't have to feel awkward about mm. asking you like, you know, is there something, is there peanuts in here or something like that. Um, another tip, in terms of getting to know your neighbors a little bit better, I would say is to sort of spread the bounty by offering extras. So I remember when I was living in um, Winnipeg, I tried I tried so hard to grow things on my balcony. I was not very successful. Uh, I wanted to grow like these little veggies and herbs. Um, so I was always going to the farmer's market. And I just find that you get so enticed with everything that's there. There'll be things like, um, you know, they'll do things like, six stocks of corn for $6, but buy a dozen for 10. And I'm like, I don't need a dozen. <laughs> but it's a heck corn. of a deal. I can't yeah. turn down that deal, right? Well, no, you can't. And and you know, there's, there's always opportunities to buy extra. Like I, every time I pass a farmer's market now, we've got strawberries in season. I'm always so drawn to like these entire flats of strawberries. And I'm thinking, can I do that on a bicycle? Like probably not. But um, if you do have a garden, what I love too is I had a neighbor who used to bring me little like, little treats from the garden because everything kind of grows at once. So tomatoes, zucchini. So if you do have those things, don't let it go to waste. It's a nice thing to meet, to leave for a neighbor or someone that you don't really know. And it's especially great. I think if um, you know that someone new has moved either into the building or into the neighborhood, because my parents, that that's what my parents were. They immigrated to Canada and we had amazing neighbors when I was a child. Like, I wouldn't have known what macaroni and cheese was if it wasn't for my neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, I guarantee you the people around me would not known what tofu was if it wasn't for my mother. Uh, so those are really nice ways to just sort of lend a hand and get to know the people around you. And I think it can really kind of boost your own um, 
you know, kind of increase your own horizons when it comes to food. And something that I've done in the past year uh, that I, and this is my other tip is to try new ingredients. So in the past year, I've joined a group of people, mostly strangers, and we connected on Facebook. This is how I found this group of people. Uh, and we sponsored a Syrian family. So we privately sponsored them. And in the past year of getting to know them, I have to tell you, I didn't know much about Middle Eastern food before. I didn't know much about Syrian cooking. I, I really knew like nothing about it. So to take them to a Middle Eastern grocery store, for example, and learn about the ingredients that they cook with, for us, what we did, I don't know if it was a great thing or not, is um, we introduced the kids to ketchup. And their eyes lit up when they tried it. And now we have to go and buy like the giant tubs of it for them because they just love it. And it's just one of those things that you can do, especially if someone is kind of new, either just to the city or to the country, is it's nice to maybe invite them on a a market trip, a grocery shopping trip. Uh, I love it that now it's the summer, so there are lots of little markets. I know Winnipeg is great for that as well. So these are the kind of ways that you can do, it's a small act of care, like just helping someone with a little meal prep, um, a little food gift. These are all little things that you can do that I think would make you feel more connected. And it goes back to that sense of most people saying that they like the idea of feeling connected to their neighbors and to their neighborhood, but perhaps just aren't taking that first little step. If you've got some ideas, you can spread them on social media. Hashtag Everyday Care Paychen. Joining us, the survey suggests three in five Canadians agree a great neighborhood is one where everyone knows each other, yet only 34% feel connected to their neighbors. We're talking about ways that you can break down those barriers. And I want to give a shout out. You mentioned this idea of sharing the bounty. And I don't know if yeah. you ever met Getty Stewart during your time in Winnipeg. I know Pay. Getty. Right, the she food share. Some of my questions. Yeah, she's great, and she oh, she's fantastic. You can go to the website fruitshare.ca. It operates in large cities across Canada, and basically, it started here in Winnipeg. Basically, what it is, say you've got an apple tree as a, as a very basic example, and you know you're only going to use ten percent of your apples. What you do is you connect with Fruit Share. They will come and they will pick your apples. They'll put them in a basket. You get to keep ten percent of those apples. And then the rest of the apples are distributed either through fruit share volunteers or to food banks, other organizations throughout the community. It's a fantastic way to not have food that grows in your backyard go to waste. Such a great way to to connect. I agree. It's it's about eliminating food waste. And also, you know, there are a lot of people in every city who struggle a little bit to access healthy food. So it's it's win-win on both sides. You know, Pei, uh, it's funny you mentioned about uh, how uh, when you were growing up or you had great neighbors, and I'm thinking the same thing. Like when I used to live in a house in Norwood here, we had fantastic neighbors. We spoke to them all the time. They helped us when we needed to move furniture. Uh, They were great. And yet the moment that, you know, I moved into an apartment or to a condo or those type of, you know, multi-unit housing Mm -hmm. or, or whatever that may be, the moment I moved into something like that, it was... A, a complete shift. But that makes zero sense. You're living on top and below <laughs> one another. Yeah. And like, basically, you're living under the same roof, not yep. even figuratively, literally under the same and roof. And yet, for us, that was that was a complete, for me anyway, that was a complete shift. Didn't know enough about the neighbors until a little while in, 
And I don't know if it's simply in spite of the fact that we were so close together. I don't know if it's because we didn't have backyards or we didn't have uh, uh, um, uh, porches that uh, were next to each other. Or I, mean, I wonder if it was just the, the sort of out of sight, out of mind component, because for me, and it, I, I really loved my na- really loved my neighbors when I was growing up. But for me, it was completely different living in an apartment or a condo. No, I agree with you because when I was growing up, um, we grew up in Halifax, we had a house and, you you know, we knew the neighbors. But then when I, as an adult, moved away and started living in condos and apartment buildings, absolutely, everyone kind of kept to themselves. And I now that I, like I said, got to know the neighbors on one side of me um, and I have another neighbor who comes to water my plants when I'm away. So I'm really I'm, I'm starting to learn the benefits of getting to know people in my building. Hey, thanks for taking some time with us. Great to connect with you again and to have you on uh, radio here in Winnipeg. Uh, Glad to see things are going well for you and appreciate the insight and the fantastic advice. Hashtag Everyday Care, connecting with our neighbours. Pei Chen, speaking on behalf of Whirlpool Canada. Tristan Field-Jones in for a vacationing. Brett McGarry's last day of vacation. Couch potatoes tomorrow, couch potatoes Sunday, and then back in the saddle in uh, the chair on Monday for Mackling and McGarry. And why don't we take a break? And in the meantime, I'm inviting your text messages and your calls. How well do you know your neighbors? Have you got some tricks for how you got to know them? Uh, Is there a reason? Why do you think it's important to connect with your neighbors? Would love to hear from you. 204-780-6868. A decidedly lighter day on this Friday as we head into a weekend. And ahead of it all, I'd like to wish all the dads out there a happy Father's Day. I have to admit that when winter comes around, except for the odd uh, shoveling of one another's driveways and commiserating over the misery that is winter in Manitoba... From time to time, uh, you can kind of go into that hibernation mode. And even though I'm really close with my neighbors, I can go like weeks and weeks at a time in the mm-hmm. winter without seeing them. This is my favorite time the, when the neighborhood comes alive. People are walking their dogs again. You see people say hello, you stop, you chit chat. Uh, I would never, if I lived in a small town, Tristan, I would never, ever get anything done. Because you'd be talking to everybody. When I go yeah. to Minnedosa for a few days and I'm walking down Main Street, I, yeah, it takes me an hour, what should take me five minutes to do, to go to maybe go to the bank or credit union and, and, and do a couple of uh, things. It, yeah, it takes me an hour inevitably because I bump into people along the way. We're talking about neighbors and how do you get, how do you make connections with your neighbors? I'm Greg. He is Tristan. Tristan in for a vacationing Brett McGarry. Uh, Cam has taken some time to phone us this afternoon. Cam, always great to hear from you. How do you, yeah, uh, connect, you. Well, how do you connect with your neighbors? Uh, well, uh, I, I'm actually a very social person, uh, so I don't really need an excuse to talk to people. Uh, but uh, when, uh, I've been out in my little town there for a few months now, and I haven't really met too many neighbors uh, in my trailer park. But uh, just a couple weeks ago, we ended up losing our cat, and I ended up meeting a lot of very nice people uh, who were willing to look out for the cat. Uh, just in case, uh, found the cat the next day, right in between uh, my uh, future uh, parent-in-law's uh, place and our place. But uh, you know, it was definitely a great excuse to get out and about, get a little exercise, walk around, and uh, meet a lot of people I haven't met before. So there's Cam's advice: lose your cat, and you'll meet your neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Cam. Appreciate it, buddy. You're good, welcome. Good to hear yeah. from you. <laughs> he does bring up a good point, though. It's amazing how often. Uh, I can think, like, again, when I lived in Norwood and we, our cat would wander off from time to time, not frequently, but sometimes, and if, if we needed help looking for him, other people would come by and help. 
I mean, it's amazing how if you need help with something or you lost something or, hey, can I borrow a cup of flour? Like, you got good neighbors. They'll be there for you. Well, you know what? <laughs> Just to, uh, if we're short uh, an egg or some flour or something and Jackie's in the middle of baking something and she miscalculates, we'll send the boys. Yeah. To the neighbors, because it's a good experience. It's good practice for them to speak to adults and to get your voice up above. Can I borrow an egg? <laughs> if they can't hear you, they can't lend you the egg, boy. You got to speak up. So I, I think that's a good practice, you know, to to get out and knock on your neighbor's door. Dean has a little bit of an interesting twist on this before we close out the first hour. Closest neighbor we have is three quarters of a mile away. And the second closest is two miles away. Living in the country, it's imperative to know your neighbors. There uh, will come a time when you will have no choice but to rely on one another, whether it be a storm, power outage, medical emergency. It's good to have a neighbor that you can call a friend. By the way, my neighbors are as close as I want them to be, and I'm sure they feel the same. It's part of the pleasure of living in the country. It's ironic where, and, I, and I've experienced this, where you're out in a country where part of the attraction is physically having your own space, but I don't know if there are any people that are more dependent and interdependent and willing to help one another than country folk. It, it's an interesting dichotomy. And I can think of a buddy of mine who lived out in the country not far from uh, Lorette, uh, and uh, when there was serious overland flooding several years ago, uh, he was telling me, I mean, his neighbors were maybe not quite as far apart, but it was a it was a walk to get to your closest neighbor. And yet they were all out there ha- helping sandbag each other. And, you know, things were getting a bit hairy because people further down the road had been flooded out. And then it was one house after another. That was so, you know, you might be physically separated from each other, but in terms of relationships amongst the, each other, those people out in the country are probably closer than any pe- person in a city block. I found a really good way to get tight with your neighbors. Just invite them over for a beer and sit nice. on the deck and chit chat. So uh, beers are on ice for later on today. Uh, Sky Bridges will join us following global news and weather at the top of the hour. I've never met Sky. I'm looking forward to meeting him. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about Aboriginal Day. Uh, Sky Bridges is the COO of APTN. And we'll talk about what's happening Wednesday, June 21st, not only here, but right across Canada and uh, how you can help celebrate. He's Tristan Field-Jones. I'm Greg Mackling. It's Mackling and McGarry on this Friday afternoon. You made it. Well, I think our mystery guest has appeared, not in studio, but by telephone. We're going to talk about APTN's coverage of Aboriginal Day coming up on Wednesday, June 21st. And Sky Bridges joins us now. He is the Chief Operating Officer of APTN, one of the event's organizers. Sky, glad you could join us. I am glad, too, and I'm predicting sun on the 21st of June. <laughs> I like the way you think, Sky. And, we'll with, a name like th- and with a name, first name like yours, uh, you might have some inside information. I, yes, I do. I, I'd like to believe I do anyway. <laughs> Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about what's coming up on Wednesday and how uh, APTN is celebrating Aboriginal Day, not only here in Winnipeg, but right across the country. Yeah, we're hitting a broadcast first, so we'll be broadcasting live from eight cities across Canada, starting in Halifax, and then as the sun sets, we'll be hitting Vancouver. It'll be a seven-hour live broadcast from uh, 6 o'clock p.m. till 1 in the morning central time. Uh, The stage in Winnipeg live broadcast kicks off from 8 to 10 o'clock here at the Forks. 
Now, Sky, I understand that one of the big events here taking place uh, not just at the Forks but across Canada is the Round Dance. And as far as I, some based on some of the material I was sent here, it sounds like you guys are trying to go for a record Round Dance. Is that correct? Well, it certainly is. I mean, this has never been uh, done before. Uh, so uh, the Round Dance will be taking place at the exact same time in every single city across Canada. So uh, for the eight cities that we're in for our show. So for Winnipeg, that means that it's going to go from 12 o'clock until 12.30 at the Forks. And uh, we're going to have uh, uh, folks there that will help everyone to explain what a Round Dance is get everybody kind of in the formation and at the 26 minute mark we'll be broadcasting live and everyone who is on site will get to see on the big jumbo screens everyone else dancing in all of the other cities so we're going to tie everyone together into this connection of uh, dancing together for a round dance across the country. Uh, Sky what is the origin of Aboriginal Day uh, when was it established and 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 how long we've we been uh, celebrating it on the scale that APT, APTN uh, will be this year? Well, for APTN, this is the 11th year uh, that we've had uh, National Aboriginal Day, and uh, certainly, you know, its format uh, has has grown. Uh, it started out here in Winnipeg 11 years ago and ended up growing to include other cities. So this is a special year that uh, we're able to include uh, seven other cities uh, with this uh, day celebration for National Aboriginal Day. Uh, and what's the goal? I mean, there are such so many incredible artistic. Uh, ways of our uh, expression from the Aboriginal and First Nations community, uh, dancing and singing and drumming, all sorts of of cultural experiences that I think some of us have, maybe you know, non-Indigenous Canadians have uh, maybe dabbled or, or touched just a little bit. But I think our education and where we need to get to in terms of knowing about these things uh, may be far from where it ought to be. Well, you know what? Uh, thank you, you know, for asking the question. And really, you know, this show. Uh, and the day itself and everything that's happening on the Forks. And we have many partners who are coming on board that will give uh, opportunities for different experiences of Aboriginal culture. This is to invite all Canadians in. And every year at the Forks, I've seen, you know, various different backgrounds of people uh, there to to celebrate and come together. And in in Indigenous culture and in Aboriginal roots, you know, we see ourselves as one family. And everyone is invited in to celebrate. And as you said, there's everything from dancing to the music. You know, we've got the round dance, there's the powwow that's going to be happening at the Forks uh, during the day. I mean, there really is something for everyone. Everyone is invited, and uh, we hope that everyone will come in and take a part of it, either there or uh, on APTN. Uh, Sky, you touched on some of the uh, activities that are taking place. Why don't you go a little? I'd be curious to know some of the more uh, uh, some of the other activities that are taking place. Again, we talked about the round dance, talked about the powwow. What else could people expect at Aboriginal Day celebrations? Well, for the early risers out there, we're going to have a sunrise uh, uh, sacred fire uh, taking place at sunrise. So that'll be around 5 a.m. at the Odena Circle. And that is uh, uh, to mark in the welcoming of the summer solstice. And everyone there is welcome uh, for the lighting of that fire and to, to give offerings and, and prayer uh, and uh, really invite uh, in the new season. Uh, uh, beyond that, we have everything from uh, children's entertainment that will be taking place at 10 a.m. Various schools are coming down for field trips uh, during the day to take in some uh, of the children's entertainment, uh, to take in the powwow. We're even going to have a uh, Dakota language puppet show. We're going to have youth, uh, youth hoop dancers 
and uh, there's even a kid zone taking place. And then towards that's all during the day. And then uh, uh, in the in the evening, uh, we're going to have a skateboard uh, competition uh, in partnership with Skate Skate that uh, go from 12 to 8 o'clock. And uh, and then of course that's leading up all to the pre-show concert from six o'clock to seven fifteen, and then the live television show at eight o'clock. Of course, there are a variety of uh, First Nations uh, within the boundaries of Manitoba, and in particular, and of course across the country, there there are different uh, nations. But does uh, June twenty first and the summer solstice is that particularly important day in uh, most, if not all, Aboriginal culture, Sky? I would say that there's a commonality uh, across uh, many of the First uh, Nations in Canada and, and, and significant uh, uh, to uh, somewhat to the, the Métis and the Inuit. It's a little bit different in terms and regions in terms of how uh, they mark that and what it means to them. Uh, even with the round dance in some regions of Canada, they refer to it as a friendship dance. So uh, there are unique and distinct things within uh, the Aboriginal cultures across Canada, but there are those common threads. And certainly, you know, one of it is the connection to Mother Earth. And, you know, that's one of the very uh, things that's uh, really special, too, about the round dance is that when you're dancing, you know, you're, you're dancing on Mother Earth. And, and it's a way of saying, you know, that you're, you're well and you're happy and you're grateful and you're thankful uh, to Mother Earth for giving us another day. And so uh, there's, there's a lot of uniqueness, as you mentioned, uh, but there's, uh, there's those common threads. And I think the biggest one of that is certainly is the idea about uh, our, our Mother Earth. You know, Sky, I was mentioning uh, before the break that I was a production assistant on one of the Aboriginal Day celebrations uh, a couple years ago, and I was blown away at the time of how massive of a production this is, just the number of cameras, the number of equipment, or the amount of equipment there, and the turnout, thousands, tens of thousands of people at the Forks. I, I don't think a lot of people realize just how big of a deal and how much of a big event this really is. It, it really is, and you know what, on that day we'll have about 800 people working across Canada to make this show possible, and uh, you know, you, you, it certainly is going to be tens of thousands of people who come to the Forks uh, already, you know, our hashtag uh, is, is reaching uh, about 4 million uh, Canadians, so people are online talking about the show, getting excited about it, and uh, it's just really exciting uh, to see how Winnipeg has really embraced uh, you know, National Aboriginal Day celebrations, and uh, it, it really is an exciting show, I, I gotta say. Skybridge is one of the organizers and COO of APTN, it's Aboriginal Day on Wednesday, June 21st, first day of summer. And uh, what is the hashtag that you've got uh, to celebrate this? And uh, maybe we can help get it going uh, even more viral than it already is, Sky. Absolutely. So it'd be ADL uh, 2017. ADL 2017. And I wanted to ask you before we let let you go uh, and and commend APTN for a lot of the incredible work that, that has been done over the years on on different documentaries and, and bringing a different perspective, right? The First Nations perspective in, in digital form and in all its forms. Is APTN having success in, in connecting with non-Indigenous Canadians? Uh, Absolutely. You know, uh, I have to say that uh, uh, APTN itself as a network, you know, focusing in on sharing the stories that only we can tell, that Canadians are taking an interest. And uh, that is nice to see. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, we want to reach, you know, more Canadians for them to understand uh, the Indigenous stories and and connect and and, and hear it from our perspective. And and that's the only way that really I think you can build that understanding is is through uh, at least, uh, you know, the stories that our our own people are telling and sharing, and uh, and certainly we enjoy 
nice seeing those audiences uh, come and learn with us, and, and we invite more Canadians to join. Sky, I've got lots of things I'd like to talk to you about, but we're, we've run out of time. Will, will you come in and join us in studio one of these days and we can talk a little bit more about the work at APTN and, and a, a, Aboriginal conversation and, and discussion uh, later on uh, in the summer? I would be honoured. We appreciate your time and congratulations for what's happening and we wish, wish you best of luck in this massive production on Wednesday. Thank you. Have a great day. Sky Bridges, organizer and COO of APTN. That's the Aboriginal People's Television Network. Wednesday, June 21st is Aboriginal Day. They are Mm -hmm. doing a production right across Canada for the very first time. 800 people in 10 different cities involved. It's going to be a massive undertaking, and I'm looking forward to to sampling uh, what's going on across the country. And I would recommend if you do happen to have some time on Wednesday as someone who was involved with the production a few years ago, go to the Forks. It really is a remarkable event. It is packed there. Tons of great entertainment. A uh, lot of things to do. If you if you have if you have some free time on Wednesday, for sure, go to the Forks and check it out. It's a great great atmosphere. The largest uh, First Nations folklorama pavilion that you can imagine. Exactly. It's just yeah. one day. That's a perfect way of putting it. <laughs> we'll take a break. Uh, Tristan Field Jones has your latest global news and weather at the bottom of the hour, and then with any luck at all. Dr. Grant Pierce will join us in studio, a good friend of mine and uh, head researcher over at the Albertson Research Center at St. Boniface Hospital. We've got an, an exciting event of our own coming up Tuesday night. We'll tell you all about it. It's called Hoops from the Heart as we continue on this Friday afternoon. I'm Greg, he's Tristan. 2.34 on this Friday afternoon, and uh, we've got some text messages here at 780-6868 about the kissing goodbye. We were covering our backsides in case uh, Sky Bridges didn't uh, mm. join us. We managed to connect with him to talk a little bit about Aboriginal Day on Wednesday. In our next segment, after we visit with Dr. Pierce, we will talk a little bit about kissing your kids goodbye, kissing them on the lips, yay or nay. But Dr. Pierce joins us now, and Dr. Pierce is uh, no stranger to these airwaves. In fact, I think it was the first show... Uh, that I ever did for the health report. Uh, We were talking about Hoops from the Heart and the incredible work that that organization has been doing. Is this going to be the ninth annual, Dr. P? Ninth annual, and you're not going to kiss me goodbye here t- today. I will you? give you a hug. Okay, I'll do that. You know, we hug it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no we, we, we haven't got to that point <laughs> okay, yet. Uh, Dr. Grant Pierce is uh, head of research at the Albrechtson Research Center, St. Boniface Hospital. And of course, we have that relationship through the foundation. But uh, about four years ago, you said, How'd you like to be on the board for Hoops from the Heart? And it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. I think it's an outstanding event something that has a genuine effect on on kids in the inner city. Why don't you tell our listeners about it? Well, as you said, this is the ninth annual one. We bring in 150 inner city kids to watch the best basketball in Manitoba. Uh, This year, it's a men's game. The University of Manitoba, University of Winnipeg men's combined team will take on a uh, all-star Manitoba team. So 150 inner city kids have the experience of coming into the University of Winnipeg and the Duckworth and get accustomed to that, watch the game. But in the process, they're getting a meal, a free meal. They get a Hoops from the Heart t-shirt that gets covered with autographs by all the players. 
and they get a ball, a basketball that's autographed by the players to take home as well. I think we're at about 1,150 basketballs over the, the course it's, of the uh, yeah. nine years now. I think we'll hit about 1,300 this year. It's kind of cool. Every year I've got 150 <laughs> rubber basketballs in my basement, and my whole house smells like rubber. Uh, but it's great, and, and uh, in the last two years we've kind of ramped it up with the help of our sponsors and created two scholarships, one at the University of Winnipeg, one at the University of Manitoba, for an inner-city uh, kid to go to either school and play basketball for the team. So has some long-lasting effects, I think, that as is, well. That is fantastic. I mean, that's such a great way to spend uh, an afternoon or spend a few hours just getting to watch. I, I, I really am blown away by this. I have to ask, have you ever heard uh, back from kids who went to this, from some of these inner-city youth who went to these events and ever heard back from them years later about how this may have helped them out or, or the effects that this has had? We've never, we've never tried to do that. I do know that when the kids, you know, will get the anecdotal uh, things from the kids, they will take the basketball home and they'll, they won't, they won't give it up. They'll go to bed with their basketball. And, uh, I mean, it's a special time. Uh, let's face it. The inner city kids are disadvantaged. They don't get what, uh, other kids get. And so, this is their opportunity to get a little bling and a little excitement in their life and have some fun. Well, what, what I've been taken by it from the get-go, Tristan, uh, first interviewing Dr. Pierce and Kirby Shap and all the plethora of people that have been Tom Nicholson who've been in, involved in this over the years, is just this idea of it's a great way to introduce kids that might not otherwise have the idea of going to university or even what it looks like inside a university. We're taking them into the Duckworth Center. They're meeting these basketball players, and increasingly those basketball players are, look like those people that live in the inner city. And so they can look up to these kids, touch them, you know, shake their hand, get their autograph, share a moment with them, and you never know who it's going to either inspire in terms of basketball, academics, or both. And that's why we felt it's uh, very important to add this component of the scholarship grant. Yeah, and that's long-lasting. So certainly in answer to your question, that will certainly have an impact on these kids. Uh, but, But just to follow up on what you're saying, there's nothing like seeing a six foot 11 monster uh, <laughs> going up at the start of the game and shaking hands with with a kid who's about uh, three feet tall and they're just looking up with such an expression on their face and uh, and the players at that time the six foot 11 or whoever it is gives the ball to the kid and uh, it's it's a it's a great feeling I have to give a shout out to uh, Randy Veray and uh, Trevor Alaliwa, who has been uh, so, so instrumental in, in taking this event to the next level. In fact, it was a conversation right here on 680 CJOB. Trevor's a very loyal listener. He heard about Hoops from the Heart. He reached out. He owns the clay oven uh, restaurants around the city, and he said, how do I get involved? And he has reached into his expansive network and brought people in uh, who have really stepped up to to take this event from something that would raise a few hundred bucks every year to now we're raising several thousand dollars. And it, it's just really uh, heartening to, yeah. to be involved personally with something like this uh, that the foundation was laid. Who's responsible for this uh, initially, Grant? How did this come into being? Oh, boy. Uh, well, it's nine years, so uh, there's been so many different people. Uh, the ones you've hit there, 
Tyson Jones from uh, RBC, and uh, and of course he's an old basketball player, and Randy Vire, who's a basketball player still, and uh, and Trevor has really stepped it up a lot. A variety of people from Youth Alliance who've uh, been absolutely in- instrumental in bringing the kids to the game, and uh, because not all of them uh, have the ability to get to the game, and all the supervisors are involved in that as well. But our sponsors are the ones that have really helped us out in the past, Safeway, but this year it's uh, it's uh, Pratt uh, Pratt's Food Service that's that's bringing the food and the clay oven are joining in. Boulevard Consultants, of course, the University of Manitoba and the University of Winnipeg. Without their help, we have no players. Um, but investors uh, this year, uh, the Manitoba government has come on and helped us out this year uh, tremendously. Instaframe, Basketball Manitoba, I mean, it just goes on and on. Home Run Sports uh, help us out tremendously. They they uh, help us with the basketballs and all the other paraphernalia that's involved Home in it. Home Run Sports gone a long way to go out of their way to, to help us out with the shirts and, and all sorts of other stuff. We want to thank Ugo for uh, stepping up. Absolutely. <laughs> Ugo uh, uh, helps us with uh, finding the players, the Manitoba All-Stars. He puts together a great team. And for the last two, last two years, the Manitoba All-Stars have beaten the U of M, the U of W team. So we're going to see if that will continue this year. So not only do we have 150 inner city youth coming in and some of the some of the supervisors within the programs that are responsible for helping us uh, find the, the kids, we also like to invo- involve the public because right. it's a great basketball game, but also there's a, an opportunity. We've got a pretty sweet, uh, it's not a door prize, but raffle auction item that we'd like to tell people about because... At this point, the only way to win it is to be at the basketball game. That's true. Uh, we have a uh, autographed, a framed a Jonathan Taves a Blackhawks jersey, and uh, you can buy tickets for it at the game, and uh, and it all goes to help inner city kids. This is all going to help them. Few bucks to get in, bring the kids down, uh, see some quality basketball, see the inside of the Duckworth Center that's uh, undergone a little bit of a reno- renovation. I think our event is the first one I believe on the is. brand new floor oh, wow. at uh, the U of W Duckworth Center. So lots of opportunity to introduce not only these inner city youth, but to introduce your kids if you want to bring them down, to introduce them to the inside of a university gymnasium. I know the first time I took my kids to IGAC to see a Bison's game, they were blown away to be on campus, to see the inside of the gym. They go to mini university now every summer. And I found Grant, and I mean, you raised two successful young men. The idea, the more commonplace it is for you to be on campus, to be at these events, it just will seem like a natural progression that once you graduate from grade 12, that's just one small step in terms of your overall plan. And the next natural step will be to post-secondary education. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was a kid, even in high school, I didn't get a chance to go to the university and play ball where I was, uh, where I grew up. And so, when you get in that environment as a university student, it's new, it's it's uh, imposing, it's it's uh, you know, it's it's tough environment. But if you're in there all the time, if you're if you're used to going in there, you know what it looks like. You got a lot more, I think, uh, chance that you you feel comfortable there and you're going to go there. University of Winnipeg, Westman have a great slogan, Westman fans become Westman. Yeah, there and you I, go. And, and I, think that's a, I think that's a great way to look at it and one of the things that this event has really opened my eyes to. I have to ask, we talk about kind of the reaction of the, the inner city kids who show up to these events, but 
how do the the university students, the Westmen themselves, how do they react when they're treated uh, almost like uh, well, they're treated essentially like uh, heroes and icons? How do they react in a scenario <laughs> like this? That's a good question. It's a lot of fun to watch that too. You will see at the game typically we we give out these sharpie pens and uh, to the kids. And the kids will swarm the players on the bench as the game is going on to get their autographs on their shirts. And uh, the first time it happened, I think the players were a bit shocked. Yeah. Uh, but now they're starting to get used to it, the ones who come back year after year. And so they get a big kick out of it, too. Uh, we have the kids coming up to some of the organizers, like Greg, asking him for his autograph as well. And uh, you get you get a lot of uh, cute things happening. I know that one of the kids last year actually went up and, and asked, and he was a cute, cute kid, about five, six years old, and he said, could I have a T-shirt for my mom? And, uh, and so we said, sure, sure, here you go. Have a T-shirt for your mom. And he comes back and says, could you please autograph this for my mom? And I'm thinking... Your mother does not want my <laughs> autograph. <laughs> However, you know, we do it. It's a lot of fun. How, how old are the, the inner city kids? What is their average age? When oh, the kids uh, are anywhere from about four or five years old up to about oh, 12, 13. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great event. So we'll invite you to come down to the University of Winnipeg. It's this Tuesday, June the 20th. Things get underway around 6 o'clock. If you can be there by 6, I think we'll uh, get things underway at 6.15. Keith McCullough. Uh, co-host of Sports Sunday provides the play-by-play. We got music going. We've got dancing happening following the game. We, the kids can get out on the floor and play a little bit. Of, what's the name of the bump? Yep. Is the name that yeah, we'll, we'll play, play with the, bump with at the kids? So just a, it's a great event. It's growing every single year. It's the ninth annual. And uh, uh, Dr. Pierce, thanks for allowing me to be involved because it is really a, a fantastic way to spend an evening and uh, just uh, giving back to the community on this level. It, it's such a uh, a work of love, really. Thank you very much. Uh, this doesn't happen without the volunteers that we have, just like you, promoting this and telling the public about it so they can come. It's five bucks, by the way, for an adult to uh, to come, and the kids are you free. You can pay more if you want. Kids are free. Absolutely. You can pay more. It goes <laughs> right to the inner city kids. And, you know, this isn't just about helping inner city kids. I've come to know over this past month, actually, that... This isn't just about helping inner city kids. It's about helping their families. And, you know, these kids uh, have an impact on society as a whole. So this is helping out society as a whole. And, of course, we've got now the scholarship at the University of Winnipeg and the University of Manitoba that will go to help. Uh, Eventually, one of these young kids should... All the stars align, uh, attend university and uh, play basketball at the University of Winnipeg or University of Manitoba. Dr. Grant Pierce, thank you, sir. I'll see you on Tuesday, bright and early Tuesday morning for Global Morning. Yes, sir. And then uh, Tuesday night at the University of Winnipeg for Hoops from the Heart. It's the ninth annual. Uh, we'd love for you to come out and, and participate. It's 2.47 Friday afternoon. We've got a weather forecast, and then we'll talk about kissing your kids goodbye and uh, giving them a peck on the cheek, or is a kiss on the lips all right? We'll talk about that as we wrap up Hour 2 of Mackling and McGarry with Tristan Field-Jones and yours truly, Greg Mackling. Kind of stuck at 17 there, Tristan. We can't even make our high of 20? Come on. Come on. What's going on, Mother Nature? You know what's remarkable is that the first... I think the first third of June, the average high was 29 degrees. You told me that. I didn't believe you, but I looked it up and you weren't lying to me. That was our, and now we'll be lucky for the second third of June, if you will. 
uh, we'll be lucky if our average high is 18 or 19. At well, this the point. good news is we can turn off our central air conditioners or window air conditioners, open the windows. True, yes. And it's good, uh, what I like to call sleeping weather. Uh, certainly, yes. Because uh, sometimes it can get a little bit tough when it gets hot. Even if you've got the air conditioning, you got a two-story Air conditioning doesn't always make it up to the second floor. Yeah, or if you're like me, you live in a condo where the air conditioning is only in one room, and uh, uh-huh. my bedroom is quite small, so uh, I need like three or four fans to direct the air in that direction to finally get it in there. Yeah, it's. I love the summer, but sleeping weather, yuck. No, thank you. So, and somebody said it on our Facebook page when we posted this article. Not sure why this is something people are talking about, but... For whatever reason, it seems to be controversial, the idea of kissing your kids on the lips. It's an ongoing debate. I didn't know it was until today, quite frankly, in the parenting world that doesn't seem to have a simple answer. Should parents and adults in general, well, that's, you know, that's where it maybe it gets a little cloudier. I'm going to just say parents kiss children on the lips. Earlier this month, soccer star David Beckham posted a photo to Instagram of him kissing his five-year-old daughter, Harper, on the lips. The photo sparked considerable debate among social media users. Seriously? Is this part of the really? fake outrage industry? Is this what we're I going with? I think it's exactly what it is, fake outrage industry. While the majority of the comments called the kiss beautiful and normal, others were not too fond. Uh, this coming from uh, today... I'll read just a couple more things here, and then uh, we've got some text messages. We invite your calls. We've got about four minutes here, 780-6868. Some Instagram users were emphatically against it. Uh, You are sick for defending this. The truth will come out. This may have been acceptable in the 1990s, but times have changed, and we won't stand for it any longer. Children's innocence must be preserved. And here's another one. Uh, uh, from uh, Instagram. Parents and kids don't make out. Okay. All right. That's... Really? It... Are, are, uh, now, I don't want to come across as uh, uh, imposing fake outrage on anybody, but there is a question about, uh, and I want to modify the conversation, because a parent kissing his kid on the lips at any age is not making out. If it's a dad and a daughter, a uh, son and a mother, or a, a, a daughter and a mother... Or, any combination, it's not making out people. Well, and then there's certain, it, it's, there are certain connections that parents and kids have with one another. Well, there's certain cultures, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Greg, but I'm, I'm pretty sure there's certain cultures, especially in Europe, where the way you, you say hello to people is you give them a kiss on the lips. If, on, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. On the lips, it could be like a... a you could be right, you know. I'm pretty sure. I now I, I, again, I'm not sure. In front of Let you. me look this up. I'm pretty you know, sure. Of course, it's, it lots of places culture, with, with, the, with the two uh, uh, kiss uh, two on the on the cheek. Maybe and that I, was it. I yeah. know that Canadians were outraged when the the Soviet Union hockey team, the national team of the three uh, CP. Uh, celebrated goals by kissing each other on the ice that people were uncomfortable. Oh, Here's some whatever. text messages while you find out if there's cultures will, where men greet each other by kissing the, each other on the lips. My parents kissed all their children on the lips right up to their deaths, and I was in my 50s. We still greet our siblings with a smooch on the lips. That is not perverted or odd to our family. I kissed my son on the lips. Until he entered his teens, we now greet each other with a smooch on the cheek. It's odd for how I grew up, but I get it. People have to stop turning things into something it's not. Dave says our three oldest are 21-year-old boy and two 19-year-olds kiss. Uh, pardon me. 
And two 19-year-olds, one of each. Okay, pardon me. They got twins uh, that are 19. One boy, one girl. Kiss on the cheek still happens. And the 13-year-old boy still kisses his mom. 13 is an awkward age. Yeah, I know. uh, Coming up on that. I have four children, 32, 29 boys that still kiss me goodbye on the cheek all the time. 26 and 22-year-old girls that kiss me on the lips goodbye all the time. We always say we love you when talking or seeing each other. Nothing wrong with kissing your parents on the lips. Uh, I just going to say our producer here is uh, giving us all sorts of symbols here because we have to do cottage country re- for, uh, weather, remember? Do we have to? Yeah, we have to. All right. I well, know we don't want to, but we have to. We'll get back to this discussion. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I think it's unanimous, though. If you want to kiss each other on the lips and uh, you're a parent and a child, go right ahead. For one night only, your life will be changed forever. Saturday. Saturday. Saturday at the Springfield Speedway. 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 Don Crusher Woodard. John the Skunk Tremaine. And the team Tomalatsu Dirt Riding Duck Masters in the year's biggest Monster Truck Rally. One night only. Bless the amazing. The astounding. The unbelievable. truck Twenty tons and four stories of car-crunching, fire-breathing, prehistoric insanity. Whoa. One night only. One night only. One night only at the Springfield Speedway this Saturday. If you miss this, you'd better be dead or in jail. And if you're in jail, break out. Be there. Be there. Be there. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sports <laughs> Sunday coming up at noon. Christian O'Mell, uh, Keith McCullough joining myself, Greg Mackling, and the one and only Tristan Field-Jones in studio as we make our way through the final hour of our introduction. Well, I was trying to find that infamous <laughs> recording of the guy who says, Sunday, 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 come on down to... X, Y, Z, where you can see this, that, and the other thing. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Couldn't find it. Came across that classic Truckosaurus clip from Good The enough. Simpsons. Good enough. And then a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday to hype Sports Sunday, because there is a ton going on between 9 p.m. Saturday evening and 9 a.m. Sunday morning. Keith McCullough. Yeah, Bombers and Jets will both be front and center on what's already otherwise a busy sports weekend. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers will need to make essentially their final cuts before the regular season, set their roster and their practice roster by 9 o'clock Saturday night. And then the big day for NHL teams, including the Winnipeg Jets, 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, the Jets have to release their list of which players they've chosen to protect from the Las Vegas Golden Knights in the NHL expansion draft. So we'll learn, you know, who the Jets really value, who are the guys that they could be losing in this draft. It'll be a very interesting look at what the Winnipeg Jets think of their roster as uh, the NHL stays front and center, even though, of course, we are into the offseason there. Christian, of course, a lot of conversations surrounding one Toby Enstrom yeah. as it pertains to this protected list. Yeah, if you do the formulas, get out the dry erase marker for the whiteboard, try to figure out who's going to be protected for the Jets, I think it all hems on whether or not Toby Enstrom waves his no-movement clause. Okay, so, you know, in all fairness, this isn't Sports Sunday, so all of our listeners are not necessarily True. familiar with what's going on on Sunday. So maybe we should just take okay. one step back and let people know exactly what we're talking about in terms of, of this protected list. Who are the Jets obligated to keep and who can they protect? Who do they have to? And what's sort of the formula? Because right. that's what we're alluding to here. So players that are have only been in the league for a year or two, rookies and whatnot, like Lion A and Ehlers, are automatically protected. 
And if you have a no trade clause, then you're automatically protected or you have to be protected. And each team is allowed to protect either seven forwards and three defensemen or eight total skaters plus a goalie in both scenarios. So if you have a guy like Dustin Bufflin who has a no trade clause, he's automatically one of the defensemen you have to protect. And Vegas goes around to each team and takes one of their players uh, to create their team. So they'll pick 30 players, one from each team, uh, to make up their new roster. And obviously, 30 is too many to have a team, so some of them will, I guess, go to the AHL. So uh, if you're at the Winnipeg Jets, I don't think you're super worried that you're going to have to lose anyone that's really critical to your long-term plans. Other teams more worried. Uh, and that affects how the next couple weeks go before the draft and then before free agency. So the conversation boils down to whether the Jets protect seven forwards and three defensemen. The three defensemen that would be protected under either scenario are imagined to be Jacob Truba, Dustin Bufflin, and because of his no-move clause, they would be obligated to protect Toby Enstrom. Right. The other individual that they'd like to keep their hands on is Tyler Myers. Right. So this is where, because Enstrom has a no-movement clause in his contract, he must be protected, but there was an opportunity, Keith, for the Jets to request Enstrom rescind that part of his contract and allow the Jets either A, to expose him, B, to leave him uh, available for trade elsewhere prior to uh, uh, Wednesday's expansion draft, or simply allow them to uh, to make other uh, moves with Enstrom, including buying him up. Yeah, so we'll see if Toby Enstrom was sort of willing to do the Winnipeg Jets a solid here and uh, waive that no movement clause. And I'm sure the Jets were probably saying, "Look, can you help us out here?" I don't, and and we don't know the ins and outs of how it works, whether they can add any incentive for Toby Enstrom to do that. But the thinking is likely that. Look, you're not going to get taken probably by Vegas anyway, so you'll likely be able to stay and keep playing in Winnipeg, but this would really help our team big picture, and we could protect another guy, and we'll be a better team next year if you would be willing to do this. We've seen other teams ask guys to do it. You know, some are saying, sure. Others are saying, well, hold on. This is in my contract. I want to be sure that I'm a Winnipeg Jet next year. I don't have to. I'm not going to. So that kind of holds a lot of the key for the Winnipeg Jets. Be very interesting to see how it plays out. We won't know because the Jets haven't told us until we see that list 9 o'clock on uh, Saturday morning. And, of course, uh, Tristan, the Blue Bombers, have to get down to what they call their roster number, give or take some injuries and whatnot. You being the sports guru here at 680 CJOB at 325, 425, 525, I know I'm teasing you a little bit, but this is an exciting time for anybody who covers sports. I like sports. Christian, <laughs> the Blue Bombers last night. Oh, you meant to ask that to me. Okay. Their second consecutive tie. And yeah. uh, last night, for as good as the Blue Bomber offense looked, uh, their defense was offensive, to uh, yeah. turn a phrase. Well, I never want to put too much stock into preseason, especially when it's the fourth quarter and the guys maybe on the field then aren't going to be seeing a ton of time in the regular season. But if you're a fan, you went out, you had a fun time and then you kind of leave with a weird taste in your mouth. Like that was fun, but we didn't win. We didn't lose. 
But, I mean, the regular season is all that matters. And right now, if you put a lot of stock in a preseason, you're going to say, hey, they look kind of like they did last year. A lot of offense and a defense that needs a little bit of help. Yeah, you, you mentioned say they're undefeated. You mentioned the end of the game, Christian. The first half of the game, their defense was terrible. And those are not backups. Those are the guys who are supposed to be playing every down on defense for and, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this year. And they really struggled against a bunch of backups for the Edmonton Eskimos. So that is certainly the concern for the Bombers is, yeah, it's preseason, but it looks kind of like what we saw last year. So we'll see if they can get the ship right. They have a long time before they play their first regular season game. They have a bye in week one. They'll cut some guys before the deadline on Saturday night. The, if there's one good sign, it's that it looks like Matt Nichols is the real deal. I know, I know that we're just basing on kind of one half of preseason football with the offense looked really good. But they got to get that defense figured out because they're not going to get all the interceptions and fumbles and turnovers that they got last year. They have to find a way to stop some teams if they're going to build on what they did last year, where, of course, they made the playoffs. And fans are, I think, expecting now that they'll be in the conversation, at least for a playoff spot again this year. Dominique Davis looked pretty good last night, Christian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But again, as long as you're happy with Matt Nichols, then that's something you hopefully don't have to worry about this year. Yeah, well, it's the CFL and the chances of your starting quarterback starting all 18 games and making a run into the playoffs are two, slim and none, and typically slim is on his way out of town. Christian O'Mel, Keith McCullough, look forward to seeing you guys at noon on Sunday as we break down the protected list for the National Hockey League teams heading into the expansion draft. We'll learn which players the Las Vegas Knights, or the Vegas Golden Knights, have taken on Wednesday during the National Hockey League Awards, and we'll also uh, find out a little bit more about which Blue Bomber prospects will be heading out of town and which ones will be coming. Blue I Bombers just want to pull back the curtain for the listeners. Tristan Field Jones wrote everything that Christian and I said. <laughs> you give me too much credit here, segment. I was actually impressed, Greg. You were able to say... Vegas. Just, there's the scripts. Sports aficionado. Well, I was just going to say, Greg, I was impressed you were able to say Vegan Golden Knights without choking or without barfing you just, a little bit. You just bit. said Vegan Golden Knights. Did Knight. I say Vegan? You couldn't even say it. I those, like sports. <laughs> Tristan Field-Jones, uh, our resident sports expert, and nobody else during that last segment. We'll take a pause <laughs> and we'll update you on traffic and I think some weather as well. It's Mackling McGarry, uh, Sons McGarry, Avec, Tristan Field-Jones. Just got a tweet uh, from our loyal listener, Jack. He says that gasoline is as low as 85.2 cents per liter. Wow. Let me uh, salute the gas, gasoline producers and retailers. We give them a hard time when the price goes up. Right. Let's give them a pat on the back now that the prices are going down in the heart of, and you're right near the beginning of driving season. I wish I could store about 600 liters right now at 85 cents a liter. That would be fantastic. Oh, and it's, it's funny because we were talking earlier this week about the oil tanker off the coast of Africa. <laughs> we, we should go get that. <laughs> There's an oil tanker that, uh, sitting out there, 2 million barrels of oil on this super tanker, and nobody wants it. 2 million barrels of oil on the wall. <laughs> 2 million, <laughs> ding, 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 take one down and something. Now, that was this song is much better than the song you and I were Yo, just singing. Yes. We've given up on Nickelback trivia. <laughs> I had some Nickelback trivia, but apparently we already did that. So, Well, we, we tied it to Hannah Alberta on okay. Monday, so you weren't here. So you're forgiven for not knowing that. So we are going to uh, do the next best thing. 
204-780-6868. Our 10th caller through gets to see Nickelback. I the date here. What happened to my notes? I don't know, Greg. Was what's going on here? September seventeenth, Thursday, September seventeenth. Uh, September twenty first. Oh, thank you, Forche. See, he's the producer extraordinaire for a reason. He keeps yes. his whole thing on the rails. Oh yes. I don't know what we'd do without him. Thursday, we go off the rails. September twenty first. Oh, we've been off the rails since we came on the air at one oh five, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, Are train. you not paying attention? Well, again, you know what they say about a train wreck, right? What's you that? can't help but look at it. That's fair You're enough. You're supposed to look away, but you can't help but look. Thanks to all the folks who've checked out our video on uh, Facebook. We were playing the game Bean Boozled off the top of the show. Hal Anderson was here. We had Savannah Pierce and uh, Taylor Jones, our receptionist here at 680CGOB Chorus Winnipeg. Was here. I got a cool email yesterday speaking of mm. Nickelback. Uh, in 2006, when we lived in Abbotsford, BC, our granddaughter went to spend the night at her aunt's. Or aunt's, I guess, if you're a Canadian. Uh, she told her aunt she had Chad Kroger's. Kroger? Kroger. Kroger, I think. Kroger. They drove there. She and her cousin went to the gate and pressed the intercom button. The gate opened and they walked to the front door. Chad opened the door. He said he was expecting his mom and thought they were her. He gave them a tour of his house and introduced them to his girlfriend. Here are some of the pictures. Really cool to see uh, Dean's uh, kids or grandkids on the front step with uh, Chad Kruger, head lead Nickelback guy. They were Nickelback front men. Clay Young standing by. He's got all your sports news next, but uh, before we do that, We'll take a pause and come back and update you on the weather. Mackling and McGarry with Tristan Field-Jones. Apparently the real jelly bellies are so good that Tristan Field-Jones was prepared to do the 50-50 coin flip. Which one, did you, which one were you hoping to get? I wanted to get the buttered popcorn. And instead you got rotten egg. Yep. Egg on my face, so to speak. <laughs> and in your mouth. Yeah. TFJ, GMAC with you on this Friday afternoon as we head towards 4 o'clock. Richard and Julie take over the airwaves until 7 and then 9 o'clock till midnight tonight. It is Charles Adler right here on 680 CJOB. The Winnipeg Gold Lies. Did I say Gold Lies? I think I I did. so, yeah. If I had not caught myself, I don't know if anybody else would have noticed. Winnipeg Gold Eyes find themselves in a familiar position in the uh, standings of the American Association of Baseball. They are one game behind the the Northern Division rivals, the St. Paul Saints. This seems to be an all-too-common occurrence. Andrew Collier is the general manager of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. And Andrew, what is it about these St. Paul Saints and Winnipeg Gold Eyes? Uh, it, it feels as though whenever the Gold Eyes and the Saints have been in the same league, it's been between these two teams to see who finishes first. Fargo, Moorhead, of course, a traditional nemesis of the Gold Eyes as well. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing well. Good afternoon, gentlemen. And you're right. It's uh, Ever since we joined the American Association, it's been us the Saints and Fargo and Sioux Falls is coming on lately. So I think it's going to be another interesting summer. Well, we're looking forward to spending uh, some time out at the ballpark, but tomorrow you've got a special event. You're inviting not only all the humans of Winnipeg, but you're bringing the, 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 the canines of Winnipeg to bring their humans to Shaw Park uh, tomorrow evening. 
Yeah, for sure. We're really looking forward to tomorrow. We did this last year and we had about 300 dogs. And I think at this point, we're uh, more than double that as far as sales go and, and still going strong, trying to trying to beat the Chicago White Sox record from last year, which was just over 1,100 dogs. Uh, so we're trying for a, a Guinness World Record. I have to know, uh, and uh, I have to know exactly, like, what do you guys do at uh, Bark at the Park? Is that what we're referring to it? That's what it is. And so what are some of the festivities or the activities that take place? Well, um, I really should have had this in front of me, but uh, as all the dogs enter the ballpark, we've got gift bags for them. Um, and then the uh, there will be a seventh inning fetch. Um <laughs> Uh, a toss to the dogs, so it's uh, it's going to be a great uh, great evening. It starts at six o'clock. At least that's opening pitch. What time do doors open tomorrow night, Andrew? Uh, people and their dogs can start registering at four thirty, and the gates will open at five. Fantastic. It's uh, Bark in the Park. Uh, it's in support of Winnipeg Humane Society. Most dogs at a sporting event. This is a world record attempt. 1,124. Oh, no, I guess 1,122 is the previous record. 1,123 would break it, but it'd be nice to obliterate it, Andrew. It would. It would be uh, very interesting to see that many dogs at the ballpark tomorrow, but uh should be a lot of fun, too. The Gold Eyes are such a rite of passage in summer here in Winnipeg. You've really become such a part of the fabric of our community. And maybe just for those that don't get out to the ballpark enough, you don't have to love baseball to go and see the Gold Eyes. And I'm not trying to be sacrilegious by suggesting that. I think that there are a lot of people that just go because they love to be at the ballpark itself. Well, we like to to bill it as three hours of entertainment. It It really is the whole show that you're coming to see it's a baseball game going on but there's between inning promotions going on uh last night we had fireworks after the game it's really three hours of entertainment and and we think it's uh well worth the value that people are paying it's uh between 10 and 22 dollar tickets you can bring out the whole family affordably and and be entertained for three hours and and hopefully leave the ballpark feeling like you got your money's worth I have to ask, Andrew, especially if you have over a 1,000 dogs at Shaw Park. I know what you're going to ask. Well, you know, I have to know, who's going to clean up the mess? <laughs> well, we have uh, locations just outside the ballpark for uh, the dogs to do their business. Uh, but we're prepared for the uh, instances where uh, they can't make it out to the outside we'll, we're prepared for that Andrew Collier he's always prepared always thinking ahead uh, best of luck the rest of the season we'll have to do this more often Andrew uh, I really love going to Shaw Park you know whenever I go I, I share my pictures my kids love to go and it's one of the very special places not only just in Winnipeg but in all the baseball the people that haven't traveled and gone to other baseball parks of any side, size, whether it be Major League Baseball or uh, Minor League Baseball, uh, just let people know just what a gem and and validate my belief that this is really one of the best places to watch baseball, uh, Major League, Minor League, or otherwise. Well, it really is. There's there's not a bad seat in the house, and the food selection here, it's uh, 
it's we'd like to call it one of Winnipeg's largest buffet. You can get everything from pierogies, pizzas, subs to noodles, uh, sushi. You name it, you can find it here at the ballpark. So, like you said earlier, even if you're not a baseball fan, come out for a nice night out, have something good to eat, and uh, and be entertained. And of course, uh, Winnipeg's uh, only defending champion in their league right now. So uh, you know, there's some winning going on as well. Yeah, there is, and we hope to keep it going this weekend against the Saints, who are a game up on us right now. Okay, well, we can't have that, and uh, they're battling uh, Winnipeg typically for the crown as uh, the best fans in terms of numbers as well. It's usually between Winnipeg and St. Paul, so here's an opportunity for us to uh, to move ahead of them in that regard as well. Andrew, thanks for your time, and good luck tomorrow night with Bark in the Park. Thank you very much, and call anytime. Andrew Collier, he is the general manager. He is the executive of the year almost every single year in the American Association. He uh, runs uh, Winnipeg Gold Eyes uh, like nobody's business. And uh, check out a game at Shaw Park. If, if you, Like I said, even if you don't like baseball, uh, they call baseball America's pastime for a reason because a lot of it has very little to do with baseball. It has to do with commiseration and and fraternizing with your with your fellow spectators and and chit chat and there might even be the odd beer involved if you'd like it to be. And you know, Greg, I went to and I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I went to a Gold Eyes game a couple years ago, and uh, I was with friends, and uh, it was unlike the hockey games I've been to, and I, I really like. Uh, uh, I really like hockey, especially, but, but for hockey, you're there for the game, right? right. You are focused on the ice for oh, the baseball yes. game. There are people walking around and, you know, unlike the hockey game where they'll only allow you, if you happen have to use the washroom or go out and get something, they'll only allow you back in at certain times for the baseball game. People were having a stroll. They were conversing. I mean, it was a very casual laid back environment. Very and, much a social event. Yeah, very much so. So I, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd go personally. I don't know if I'd go regularly, but if I had a group of friends, Absolutely. It's a great time. Well, the first thing you need to do is to get a group of friends and then you can contemplate going to see the gold eyes. So what I just confessed on the years that I don't have friends. You can come with me. Oh, Tristan. thank you, Greg. There I'll we go. invite you next time we go. Take a break. We've got uh, traffic issues as we head into the weekend. Tristan will update you on that. Or are we going up to the sky in our next uh, We're report? going up to Casey Gibb next. Okay. So we'll go up to Casey Gibb. We'll update that. Uh, I won't call it dreadful, but less than thrilling forecast. You can call it dreadful. Okay. Dreadful forecast. And then it's uh, Richard and Julie will set things up uh, for the news right here on 680 CJOB. Just enough time to welcome into the studio and say hello to our good friends, Richard Cluche, Julie Buckingham. They will get you home informed and safe straight through till seven o'clock tonight. Julie, what have you got in store well, for us tonight? First off, can you leave the door open when you're done? Because it smells a little off in here. Yeah, it's a little it's a little goofy. Huh? Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, uh, the bean boozled. Uh, yeah, not good. We don't want to talk about it. No. What happened earlier? Well, they ate these Jelly Belly jelly beans. You spin the spinner and you either get a good one or you don't get a good one. And so it smells like... Here's an example, Richard. Coconut or spoiled milk. Uh, or uh, what, did, if, what did Greg get? Something or... Uh, he, got bar- he got barf or he could have had peach. But it, he got barf, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Richard that's, is looking at us in disappointment. That's what I'm smelling in here. <laughs> No, I'm just thinking it's a good thing it's not scratch and sniff radio. <laughs> Pardon me. Exactly, but it explains <laughs> a lot of During non-election years, not always, but typically your auto insurance rates go up in this province. <laughs> and, what do you mean? MPI is politicized, Richard? And uh, that's happening. Uh, we'll explain all that. Brian Smiley, 
of Manitoba Public Insurance will join us and a family's plea for mm. the safe return of their 39-year-old. More on those stories coming up between 4 and 4.15 today. But there's also fun planned because there's a fun Friday happening. Absolutely there is. Of course, we'll talk to the Red River X, get you set for that. And Cal Barteski will join us. We're going to go back up to Churchill, and we know that we've been talking a lot about the rail line. But artists from around the world are in Churchill to do some art. And they said it would have been very easy for them to cancel. In fact, most of the residents, they said, believed that they would, but they decided not to. So there, we'll speak with her. She's a local uh, artisan, and she's up there with, I think, about 15 or 16 artists from around the world as they create art for the seawall. Fantastic. And uh, we'll close off the week with the best traffic tip of the week at 780-6868. Just saw some jack so-and-so rollerblading on Nairn Street overpass, taking up the whole curb lane. So keep your oh, eyes on, open people, really? for that. Tristan Field-Jones, thank you. It's been an honor serving with you this week. It's been a lot of fun, Greg. I had Thanks, a lot of buddy. fun. Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB.